Hi, I'm James Schofield, the creator of this podcast, Behind the Bottom Line. Business isn't really about numbers, it's about people. Behind the Bottom Line is a collection of the funny, sad, and frankly weird events that I've experienced in business, and which I turned into stories for various magazines. In each episode, I tell you a little bit about the real-life background that inspired me, and then I read you the story itself. So let's find out about today's story, The King of Spin. So The King of Spin was written for Business Spotlight in 2013, and the story is narrated by the uh, managing director or the chief executive officer of a company called Global Power Solutions, um, who build nuclear power plants. And they have a problem. They want to build a nuclear power plant uh, in the near to London. And their own geologists have told them that this is risky um, due to flooding, possibility of flooding, things like that. Um, and they go to this PR agent, this amazing PR agent called Tim Hatchett, who runs a little company called Hatchet Job. And Tim is a genius at getting unpopular things done. And uh, during the story, what we do is we follow the various devious tricks and the uh, appalling strategy that he follows in order to get the government to go ahead and give planning permission for uh, global power solutions to build their nuclear power plant. first thing to realize about King of Spin was intended as a purely satirical send-up of the whole PR industry um, and how with good PR you could even make something uh, as unpopular as nuclear power uh, acceptable. Um, and there were a, a couple of uh, reasons why I thought this would be an interesting topic to that uh, to work on um, when i first um, moved to germany i worked for quite some time actually in the nuclear power industry um, and it was an area which i think uh, the company that i was working for wasn't particularly good at they weren't particularly good at pr because i had a, um, a background in communications and i also had sort of um, uh, family members who were in pr um, i always felt that this is something that they could have done a lot better um, also, what was interesting for me was that actually a lot of the people who were working in the nuclear industry, or people that I met at any rate, were actually very passionate about preserving the environment, um, mostly on the basis uh, of, yeah, if we want to con continue, if we want to keep our society and run our society as it is at the, at the moment, then nuclear power is the only possible option because fossil fuels are going to destroy it. Um, and I could follow that argument the only problem was of course that although the risk that um, they worked day and night to prevent was very very small um, if something went wrong then the scale of the disaster was so huge that there was no really coming back from that so um, that was the, the main focus how could you take something like nuclear power uh, and do a good PR campaign for it um, and the reason why uh, I had become interested in the whole 
question of PR was um, really, I think, because of people like Alistair Campbell, the uh, communications director for Tony Blair when he uh, became prime minister in 1997, who was, I think, uh, probably uh, a master of spin, uh, who was able to take um, a story which could be seen as negative for uh, the government and spin it so that it was no longer negative for the government and could be seen as something positive. Um, and um, love him or hate him, this was definitely um, a, a quite formidable skill that he possessed. Um, I was also, uh, it also, I found it interesting how gradually um, politicians, or how, uh, wasn't didn't start with Tony Blair, but it was quite extreme with Tony Blair, but how um, politicians would use PR in order to distract the public from things that were going wrong for them. Going back in time a little bit, for example, uh, Ronald Reagan invading Granada uh, at a time when his domestic policy was not doing particularly well. Um, and, uh, and now, if you uh, f follow the news, you'll see endless occasions where politicians get caught doing something wrong um, and they end up on some confessional chat show uh, and shed a few tears. Um, or they appear on some show like Dancing on Ice or Jungle Camp uh, and you know their popularity is restored. So I was interested in playing a little bit with these ideas of how you could take a, a topic which is quite so, has quite such a bad press as nuclear power and see if you could do this PR in order to make it acceptable. Um, what I find in in retrospect, um, what I find actually a little bit scary is the uh, in the story what happens is a public the the PR uh, uh, genius Tim Hatchett manipulates public opinion so effectively that they decide to build that the government agrees to build a nuclear power plant near London, um, and. What I find frightening is the idea, and but we've seen this with uh, lots of events subsequently, um, for example, Brexit, how the public opinion can be manipulated by the media, and the media in turn is manipulated by uh, these PR gurus in order to influence government policy. Um, so even if you're not elected or in any way con connected with the government, you can nevertheless um, direct government policy. And this seems to me to be a pretty scary thing. Um, have a listen to King of Spin. Remember, uh, it's supposed to be fun uh, and I hope you enjoy it. So that's enough introduction. Let's now turn to the story. The King of Spin. This said Tim, when I had finished giving him the details, is exactly what we get paid for. A project this bad? It's a dream come true. He finished his cup of Blue Mountain Jamaican coffee and signalled to his assistant to bring us some more. Tim Hatchett is owner and visionary leader of Hatchett Job, a small public relations agency that companies like mine, Global Power Solutions, go to when their own PR managers don't want to get their hands dirty. 
My company's PR manager said she would rather be fired than handle this particular problem. So, after I'd fired her, I went round to see Tim. What does Tim do? His company deals with the problems that nobody else wants. His kind of PR is needed when the wider public should forget about the unattractive qualities of a client. For example, a politician who's been photographed being too friendly with an associate to whom they are not married. Depending on the customer's importance, a range of possibilities is available. If it's a president or prime minister, Tim might get them to launch a missile attack or invade a small country to distract public attention and show strength. If it's a minister, he arranges a television interview with a chat show host Oprah Winfrey or whoever is popular in the client's country, and then he gets them to cry a little to show how sorry they are. An ordinary member of parliament will simply have to take part in a reality show such as Dancing on Ice. These are the kinds of stories the tabloid press loves, and that's all a politician needs to do to regain favour with the public. Although I knew all this, I was surprised at Tim's enthusiastic reaction to my story. Tim, were you listening to me? What are we going to do? We want to convince the government to build a nuclear power plant near London, but our geologists think the area could be flooded, particularly with rising sea levels caused by global warming. They think we risk turning the southeast of England into a nuclear wasteland. Oh, that would never do answered Tim calmly, brushing some invisible dust off the jacket of his Savile Row suit. Of course we can't let that happen. We would have to move offices, and I like the ones we're in quite a lot. But we don't have to worry about whether the nuclear plant is actually built, do we? Our job is to help you to get government permission for the project. So this is what we do. First of all... For the next few days, the people at Hatchet were very busy sending our geological report to scientists and climate experts around the world. Make sure you tell them that it's absolutely essential they confirm our data, Tim told his team. How will that help? I asked. Surely it'll just make our situation worse. Just wait and see, said Tim as he lit a Cuban cigar. Eight different experts managed to produce eight different conclusions, and not one of them agreed with our geologists. I think that the Bulgarian professor from the University of Sofia was particularly critical of the report's findings, but I'm not completely sure. Her English was nearly impossible to understand. Tim was extremely pleased. You see, he explained over a light lunch and cocktails at the Savoy, if you tell experts you want one opinion, you can guarantee they'll say the opposite. Now what you have to do is destroy the original report from your geologists, then put the useful data and quotations from my experts into your new proposal and give that to the government. We're moving into stage two. Somehow, the data went public. Soon, newspaper articles, television documentaries and YouTube videos appeared claiming that global warming was exaggerated. The highlight came when a Texas senator claimed in a BBC interview that the royal family were Kremlin agents because of Prince Charles' interest in the environment. I called Tim at home while the senator was still talking. This is a disaster, I said. If nobody believes in global warming anymore, then nobody will have any interest in nuclear power. 
Buy the champagne, was his reply. Your troubles are nearly over. Stage three starts tomorrow. The next day, the British media exploded at this aggressive American attack on the much-loved royal family. The senator quickly flew back to Houston and the threat of global warming was top news. All three political parties talked about the need for action. Tim called me. Who knows about your proposal for the nuclear power plant, he asked. Nobody, I said. The government asked us to keep it strictly confidential. Excellent, said Tim. The next day, the leader of the opposition appeared on television as I was having my breakfast. And another example of this government's incompetence is the delay on the decision to build a new nuclear power plant near London. How can the UK deal with global warming if we don't reduce our dependence on coal and oil? Safe nuclear technology is the path that our party intends to follow as soon as we win the next election. And I promise. By the end of the week, the government had accepted our proposal. As you can imagine, at Global Power Solutions, we were very happy. The bill from Hatchet Job was enormous, but quite small compared to the value of the contract. Tim, I said, this is all thanks to you. You really are the king of spin. I poured him a glass of Bollinger and pushed the bowl of caviar across our boardroom table towards him. Not at all, not at all, answered Tim, putting a large spoon of the shiny black eggs on his plate. Together we showed the public the, uh, uh, shall we say, advantages of your plan. You know where to go if you need help in the future. About six months later, the government cancelled the project. Perhaps it would have been a bit risky building a nuclear power plant so near London. Although I was disappointed, it didn't really matter. The government paid us lots of compensation for all the preparation work we had done. Sorry your project's been cancelled, Tim said as we sat down together to eat the chocolate truffles he had brought around. But I did warn you that I like my offices. I really didn't want the area to become a nuclear wasteland. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Behind the Bottom Line. Why don't you subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode? And please tell your friends and write a review so that other people can find out about Behind the Bottom Line. Take care until next time. Bye-bye.